Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and it is showtime once again on a beautiful Saturday morning right here, global morning Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Thanks for being with us today on this beautiful Saturday and this beautiful year that we've experienced so far weather-wise. It's been awesome. Folks who've been with us for five years, you've been spending time with us on Saturday mornings on AM Radio 1180 WFYL every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. because you know you know that we are the authentic, authenticity of truth, and you know that you can get your facts here at the speed of sound. And I'd like to think that you listen to my expert opining and you tune in for that as well. So, but folks, there's a lot to talk about today, and we're going to be talking about the the the, the sound foundational law of morality and uh, how evil must be punished and goodness must be rewarded. And I think what we're looking at right now with what's going on in Israel is is very, very, very tragic. I mean, woke is, is in its death throes as the woke communists are trying to, to both sides the evil, ghastly savagery that, that the terrorists are guilty of in Israel right now. And the, the rape, the mass murders, the beheading, the torture, the Folks, that you know, it, it, this is what's going on, and you've got those in the Democratic Party. Uh, you've got those in the party right now. Those extremist communists that have been elected, uh, some of them in 2018, uh, that are stating um, on personal Twitter accounts, and uh, that you know they they state nothing, if you will, about the savagery going on. They they wait for some Israeli to make some to shout some profanities at a at a at a rally in New York, and and they they take that. And they, they start saying, oh, that's wrong. They shouldn't be yelling those profanities. Folks, what happened in Israel is, is incredibly, amazingly wrong. I mean, as I stated, the, the foundational law of morality is evil must be punished and goodness rewarded. God himself has chosen to justify to justify the ungodly, which is a shocking statement to, to people all around the world today. But but he's done that through his, through faith in Christ. I mean, to justify, uh, you know, it, it's 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 shocking to many people to justify the ungodly by by faith in Christ, where they can achieve they can they can achieve everlasting life. But again, it's it's possible because because God made it possible. Okay, God punished His own Son in place of the believing sinners. Okay, but this what's going on right now in in Israel is unbelievable. Uh, this communist movement pretends that woke is social justice, and these people are are just uh, they're the picture of what evil looks like. I think uh, the amorality, if you will, and in, in you know what's going on right now, the amorality, the amoral clarity, if you will, of, of these terrorists. You know, one expected blowback from from the medieval uh, the actions that are being taken place over there by by the evil terrorists murdering hundreds of. Israeli civilians is a revelation of current global amorality. You know, more. It, it, there was just uh, 20 Harvard students, 20 Harvard students I, were playing identity politics, pledging their support to the, to the terrorist murderers, to the utter silence for days of the, of the Harvard president, Claudine Gay. Now, Americans knew higher education practiced practice these horrible admission policies. These unbeast biased admission policies, and it it it's, it has long promoted these these dorms and graduations based on these horrible imbalances and these uh, these these policies uh, based on on gender and and, and 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 race and other issues that their that their admissions and and whatnot were 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 their policies were derived from. Okay, but the overt support for these terrorist killers by diversity, equity, and inclusion groups. On a lot of these campuses, exposes to Americans the real moral 
and intellectual what in our higher education. And I would just say in our culture in general. I mean, you listen to these, again, you listen to these Democrat socialists in this party and how their utter silence and Rashida Tlaib and her utter silence as she was being chased down by a reporter looking for some some words uh, to to condemn, if you will, the beheading of these babies in front of their parents. Uh, this is what's an amazing thing to me. I mean, it, you know, that the biggest fears, okay, uh, that we have, you know, the, the biggest fears, if you will, uh, we're not dead fellow Americans, these these woke Democrat socialists. The, their biggest fears are not dead fellow Americans or hostages or, or, or the thousands of butchered Jewish civilians. So that's not their biggest fear. You know, their their biggest fear is that that the that the Israeli retaliation might destroy the the Hamas death machine. That's what they're more afraid of. They're more afraid that they've woken a a, a bear, if you will. They've poked a bear, and, and Israel's already talking about how they're going to destroy these people. I mean, uh, Palestinians for years fooled Europeans, and and they asked to include uh, Barack Hussein Obama and, and O Biden himself into spending billions of dollars in support of their 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 their, their you know their their into Gaza and so forth, and these monies were channeled to to uh, channel to tunnel into Israel. I mean, that, that's what they were. They, these monies were channeled into tunneling into Israel to obtain huge rocket arsenals and and craft plans to wipe out Jews. Well, the Biden administration has has blood on its hands. I think that the Biden administration's weaknesses of where we're at right now. If you want to know what happens when you have a weak president, when you have a weak foreign policy president like we have now, when you have a guy who really doesn't know which side of the stage to walk of uh, when he's on one. He can't find the hands to shake the, of the people around him. He, he forgets his stage cues. He, he forgets his, his comments, if you will, to the and what he ha- and the questions that he has to make to the to the reporters in the press gaggle or when he's calling a lid on his press meetings at nine o'clock in the morning because he's too tired to proceed. I mean, this is what happens. You have a void in power. When there's a void in power, other people move in. And other people become more daring. And as I stated, as soon as O Biden took power, he resumed massive subsidies to these radical terrorist groups, and in against it basically canceled these 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 subsidies were canceled by Trump. So Egress reinstated these subsidies that Trump canceled. He ignored his State Department's warnings that 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 the money would soon fuel these terroristic activities against Israel. He ignored all that, and his administration dropped sanctions against Iran, ensuring that. Tehran would, would enjoy a multi-billion dollar windfall to be distributed to Israel's ex- existential enemies, uh, another fact well known to the Biden administration, I might add. And so if the Biden administration had announced overtly that it was rapidly, uh, that it was rapidly anti-Israel, it would have been a lot harder if you could uh, to, to, for them to, to get elected. Okay, I think that would have happened, but it certainly would be hard to imagine anything could have done, it could, could have done differently from its present behavior. O'Biden oh, and company quickly restarted the defunct Iran appeasement deal, a leftover from the anti-Israeli Obama administration. No surprise. I mean, we knew that we'd do that. They appointed radical pro-Iranian activist Robert Malley to head the negotiations. We got that. And, you know, Malley allegedly had, had leaked American classified documents to Iranian officials, and he's under investigation by the FBI. I mean, we know that. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he for for leaking those investigate, I, I guess for leaking those those classified documents, and he did his best to to place pro-Iranian, anti-American activists into high echelons in the U.S. government. Okay, so I mean, this this pro-Iranian activist, okay, 
uh, headed up the <laughs> headed up the uh, headed up the negotiations. This is like the fox watching the hen house. Oh, Biden was intent on forcing South Korea to release six billion dollars in sanctioned money, frozen money to Iran. So he 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 strong armed South Korea. I wonder how that phone call went. You wonder how that phone call went. I like to get a transcript of the phone call that Biden had with the South Korean president. I wonder if there was any quid pro quo going on there. As he's, as he's getting South Korea to release $6 billion in sanctioned money to Iran. Well, that expectation of cash insured Iran would, reim, would be reimbursed for its present terrorist arming spree. Now, I'm old enough to remember what Iran did in Tehran to the American embassy when they took, when they took those hostages in 1979. I remember that was the, that was the, uh, the, the anvil around the neck, if you will, of, of O'Biden himself. Okay, because O'Biden, I mean, I, I should say of Jimmy Carter. I mean, Jimmy Carter didn't know what to do with that. So because, I mean, that's like Ronald Reagan uh, basically uh, made comments that if he's elected, those terrorists would release the American hostages. And uh, guess what? Uh, when he got elected, once he got elected, that's what happened. The day he was being sworn in, uh, Ronald Reagan was being sworn in. Those terrorists are being released because those terrorists in Iran knew what Ronald Reagan would do. They they knew Ronald Reagan would do what Jimmy Carter wouldn't do. Okay, this is what you have when you have weak leadership. Weak leadership is what happens, and, and when you have weak leadership like uh, Winken, Blake, and Nod, and and Joe Biden and others, and you you don't get the strength that the that's not being conveyed to to our enemies. And, and when Reagan said it's peace through strength, that's what he meant, peace through strength. You obtain peace through having a strong hand for, for being strong militarily and economically. When you're strong militarily and economically, people will mess with you. But again, like 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 nobody, I mean, any fifth grader would know that releasing $6 billion to Iran, okay, that, that expectation of cash would ensure Iran would be reimbursed for his president you know, terrorist arming spree. I think that's the way the terrorists would view it. So Winken, Blake, and Anod tweeted shamefully that Israel should settle for an immediate ceasefire. No wonder, no wonder he soon withdrew his unhinged posting. So he puts out there that I mean they're, they're, they're um, right now that they, they're so weak that they make a statement in Israel saying I'm not listening to you. I can't hear you. So Winken, Blake, and Anod says you know you you should settle for an immediate ceasefire and not put this 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 on Gaza like they want to land. They want to basically blockade Gaza from having any water or power. And uh, there's hundreds of, of Americans in Gaza. This is what we know. There's Americans in Gaza that they know that are there and they're, and, and they're going to be hostages. They know that too. You know, the NSC would, would be the, the moral equivalent, if you will, okay, with Blinken. I mean, getting back to Blinken's tweet or his recommendation for Israel to take an immediate ceasefire, that NSC would be the moral equivalent of an American ally in December 1941 urging the U.S. to seek negotiations with Imperial Japan after a surprise bombing on Pearl Harbor, okay, to avoid a cycle of violence. I mean, think about how, how ridiculous it is when, when Winken, Blinken, and Nod is telling Israel to, to settle for an immediate ceasefire. This is their 9-11. This is their Pearl Harbor, folks. This is what this is. What just happened? You know, the Biden team has drained strategic arms stockpiles in Israel designed to help the Jewish state and, and, it, and you know, and, and it, it, they just drained it. It was recklessly abandoned. It recklessly abandoned a multi-billion dollar arms trove in Cabal, of which some of which reportedly made its way from Taliban killers to the killers that went over there and mutilated and, 
and murdered these Israelis, these Israeli citizens. You know, once the mass murdering started, the immoral clarity of our allies was stunning, okay? NATO partner Turkey openly sided with the killers, okay? It, along with Blinken, Winken, Blinken, and Nod, uh, called for a ceasefire. So Turkey and Blinken decided for a ceasefire at the moment Hamas's death squads had finished. The moment the Hamas death squads had finished, that's when everybody calls for a ceasefire. Israel's ready to hold Hamas to account, and that's what's going to happen. Qatar uh, is where the U.S. Central Command is based, proved little more than the Hamas front. It offers sanctuary to the architects of the killing, and Qatar uh, ensures a safe financial pipeline from Iran to the, to, the, to the terrorists themselves. And some of the most vehement current supporters of these people, the, the, these death squads that went in there and killed these Israelis, were immigrants to America from the Middle East. Now think about that, folks. Oddly, they apparently had just fled such such uh, Middle Eastern regimes to reach a tolerant, democrat, and secure United States on the southern border. Yet they now endorse a mass butchering of Jew- Jewish civilians. It, its savagery is aimed at, at, at executing, raping, and beheading Jews and, and then mutilating their bodies. I mean, this is what's amazing. Uh, you know, you know. I mean, you you've got. I mean, Hamas is apparently hopes to to shock the Israeli government into voluntarily committing suicide in line with the ancient agenda to destroy the Jewish state. In some strange way, the reign of death has become a touchstone, an acid test of sorts that that has revealed the the utter amorality of of enemies abroad and quite dangerous people here at home. You know, when we see amoral politicians, it's amazing to see, and we see it all the time. And, and I'm going to get to this in a little bit, but I'm going to touch on this right now. What's going on with the World Health Organization, okay, and, and what we're doing. And we have amoral uh, policymakers elected in the Communist Democrat Party that are literally, quite literally, um, looking right now to, to, to give all authority and power to the WHO, World Health Organization, to, uh, to basically uh, impose itself on your doctors, our doctors, my doctor, and all of our doctors, if you will, on, on prescribed treatments to, to certain illness. They will recommend, and it will go through that way. This is where they want this to go. But getting back to what we're talking about here, amoral people passing amoral public policy, amoral people um, allowing enemies abroad and, and quite dangerous people at home to, to, uh, to, to, to act in these, in these horrible ways. This, this is ghastly what happened, folks. And, and it is past time that Americans deal with these medieval, the medieval world that, that has revealed this, that was revealed this past week rather than keep dreaming in the fantasy world of our government. This is what we're seeing. Americans need to stop illegal immigration and restore their southern border while ceasing all immigration from unhinged, hostile nations. We've got to endorse, we've got to enforce our border policies. That's the first thing we got to do to protect our people. You know, the number one duty of, of the American government is to protect our people. And the southern border is an open, open sieve, if you will. And that's where we got illegal immigration flooding across. You know, the military must return to to its deterrent role and fire its woke its woke communist leaders. I mean, quite frankly, the military's got to be more of a deterrent than it is right now. And our leaders have to accept that in the last three years of the Obama administration, serial American appeasement abroad, disunity at home, and social chaos have encouraged an entire host of enemies, China being run on one of them, Russia, Iran, North Korea, Middle East, uh, Middle Eastern totalitarian regimes, and former friends like Turkey and Qatar. 
our friends dream of doing this to us, and we just saw what happened in Israel. Folks, this is what's going on. You know, don't miss this. And I, I just think it's an amazing thing. Um, you know, Israel is is basically doing a complete siege of, of Gaza. This is what's happening, okay? So we're seeing right now uh, the defense minister, Yoav Gallant, has basically completing a siege at of the Gaza Strip following this massive terror attack on the Jewish state. And again, it killed over a thousand people, wounded thousands more. And oh, Biden basically, it, you know, we, we know that dozens of Americans are dead and hundreds are, and, you know, are, are, are being held hostage right now. We know that too. We have a new hostage crisis. Okay, a new Iranian hostage crisis. You know, last time we had this kind of a competency in Washington was Jimmy Carter. I remember as a kid watching the terrorists come over the wall at the U.S. Embassy, as I'm watching it on the news, and my brothers and I were watching it, I'm like, why aren't they shooting? Why aren't they shooting at these people coming over the wall? What, What is going on here? Well, folks, what was going on was that you had an appeasement in chief with Jimmy Carter, and he was telling everybody, stand down, don't shoot at these people. What what did they, what did he expect would happen if he let them come in like that? Well, it's kind of like the same thing here. What does O'Biden expect is going to happen when they've got hundreds of hostages being held in Gaza right now by by Palestinian Islamic jihadists, okay, according to the Israeli prime minister's office. I mean, this is what we have. In a response to the attack, the Israeli Air Force is, is striking striking terror targets, and, and Iran reportedly assisted in the planning and approval of the attack in the first place. I mean, that's all out there, too. You know, it's it's just an amazing thing to me, and I, I think that we are watching this, um, you know, where we have to understand what the real tragedy is and why, what, the real problem comes to comes to pass is, and because you know when we're looking right now, you got you got children being murdered in front of their parents. I mean, this was a horrible thing. Children being murdered. Uh, they they're leaving knives inside of of these children in front of their married in front of their murdered the murdered children in front of their parents. And again, you know, I mean, it's just an amazing thing. You know, that and, and this is evidence, and and that was that that they have. I mean, that that children were slain in front of their parents. Knives were found in some of the children. Bodies are still being, or, or bodies are still being taken out of the, out of the, out of the kibitz, Which Spielman, but basically a guy by the name of Doron, Major Doron Spielman, was talking. He said that he bodies were being taken out of the kibitz and they'll be remembered as a symbol of, of the massacre. The gruesome again, folks. This is gruesome. What's what we're talking about? And, and it just comes, you know, after you know Benjamin Netanyahu confirms on CNN. On a midweek, he said the babies and toddlers were discovered with their heads decapitated. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. Again, uh, that and, and you know, watching the watching these woke these woke tards on these channels, and they don't know how to handle it. You know, you know when these newscasters are anti-Semitic because they're not they're not outraged by what they see. I think Jake Tapper made some comments recently that oh, I'm, he's starting to recognize he's starting to recognize the uh, you know the woke liberal left and in, in their and their anti-Semitism, and he's starting to see that. Well, it's about time he's seeing it. We've been looking at it on this show for the five years we've been spending together, and I can tell you I've been sitting even longer than that. But it really became apparent in 2018 when these people were elected to Congress, and, and quite honestly, um, you know, who elected them. I mean, you've got Palestinian flags being waved in front of the offices of Congresswomen. Rashida Tlaib, she got a Palestinian flag right in front of her office. You know, I mean, this is what's happening. I mean, you, you have hundreds of terrorists in full armor, full gear, all equipment and all the ability to make a massacre go from apartment to apartment, from room to room. They were killing babies, mothers, fathers in their bedrooms. This is what happened. They locked themselves uh, in the protection rooms of their homes and people were out with their children and they killed them. 
They kill babies in front of their parents. They kill the parents. They kill parents with their babies between the dogs, you know, and, and the family killed them before and killed them before them. And they cut off the heads of people. This is what's going on right now. The Israelis, what I find interesting too, is Israel right now is um, arming its citizens. I think that's interesting. So Israel's out there basically handing weaponry to their citizens, um, you know, and they're basically saying, defend yourselves. I find it interesting that the government of Israel is now arming their citizens, where we have our government trying to disarm its citizens. That's another topic for another day, but I think that's interesting. So Israel has massive forces, tanks, and other heavy armor around Gaza in its operation against what Benjamin Netanyahu labeled an attack whose savagery we have not seen since the Holocaust. You know, and O'Biden pledging to send more munitions uh, from our already low stockpiles after he's already overloaded Ukraine, the military hardware to his close ally Israel, and expressed revulsion of the sheer evil of the slaughter of civilians. So O'Biden's up there saying, this is sheer evil. Okay, well, that's fine. Why? Well, how did it all happen, Joe? How did it all happen? Well, I guess it's because I, 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 I appeased Iran. Maybe that's what he's thinking right now. I think what's amazing is that they're they're out there trying to tell Israel to, to settle to settle for a ceasefire. I think that's very compelling as well. I you know I'm just amazed at that. You know I think it's it's compelling when you look at that. I mean, but you know you've got these people right now, and they they really don't. They're they're basically that they're 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 causing all kinds of problems. I mean, um, I think what's amazing to me is is why are these people doing this? What is making this work? Why are these people doing this? You know, when you, you you have to understand what's what Israel's trying to do. They're having to defend themselves. You know, you've got you've got um, you've got basically Hamas right now uh, launching uh, their their terror attack on Israel. Why are they doing that? Okay, why are they doing Palestinian? They, you know, that this militant group launches that unprecedented terror attack. Why why would they do such a thing? You know, and you know, folks, it comes down to that. I mean, you know, when you look at the timeline and how it all happened, and and of course the outrage. But don't miss that, folks. Don't miss what's happening here. And we as a society need to say that's enough of that. And, you know, none none are being spared. I mean, women, children, elderly peace activists, Holocaust survivors, victims of Hamas, none of them are being spared at all. It's amazing when you look at the deaths of people, all the babies that were killed. I'm amazed at this. The old people, the women. I mean, you know, they were and they were parading them. They were parading them across the across the TV screens. OK, and this is what they were as a. The world set its sights on the unprecedented surprise of this attack and, you know, then the details of, of how gruesome they were. That, that all comes out. You know, again, you know, they, they had a multi-pronged attack. So the terrorists had a multi-pronged attack that saw the Gaza-based terror group res- resorting to abuse, executions, and kidnappings of men, women, and children, and at times full families and even an elderly Holocaust survivor. And none of them were spared. In the southern towns, the terrorists went door-to-door. We know this. Uh, shooting people, burning homes with families within them. I mean, this is what they did. And again, you know, uh, they got hostages now, and they're they're reporting many of them, hundreds are are, are reported to be American. I think uh, they're uh, the White House is confirming recently that uh, that there are twenty Americans still unaccounted for. I, I I mean, there's Americans down there. They gotta they gotta get they gotta get a handle on. I just they gotta get them. They gotta get them rescued. You know, countless attacks, countless accounts from the attacks, which have been described as reminiscent of the Nazi era have revealed the hideous atrocities that victims faced. You know, there's a Chicago native woman there, a Chicago native Natalie Rahman. She's 18 years old. She was one of the U.S. citizens taken to Gaza and being held hostage. Okay. She and her mother were kidnapped while visiting family. So there's an American there. And she's one of the 20 missing Americans with 22 others reportedly killed. 
dozens. I mean, you got and you got missing people, and you got your kid, you got the the captives, if you will. I, you know, I tell you, I, I, I what's going to end up happening here is you're going to end up with people. I mean, they're they're you're going to end up with a Israel's just going to is going to go in there and, and take care of business. That's what's going to happen. It's just really amazing. And I think, you know, when looking at the lack of leadership in this country, so the Republicans decided, let me shift gears on this. The Republicans have decided now to, to take out Speaker McCarthy, which they did. There was some discussion about Trump being the Speaker. I thought that was that would have been interesting to see. But it looks like it might be Jim Jordan. It looks like it might be him. Okay, uh, they Trump got behind Jim Jordan. I think that's good. Okay, so, um, I mean, he won some, I guess he won a behind-the-door vote. Uh, he's got a lot of arms to turn, if you will, of other arm twisting that he needs to do here because he needs he needs the Republicans on board with him. He should be able he should be able to get it though. I don't think that'll be a problem. But I mean, Jim Jordan is is a guy that's going to call out. He's going to be a good speaker. I, I think he'll be a good speaker. He's somebody that'll call out on Biden, and I think he'll get. You know, he's not he's not going to let them. He won't let the Democrat communists put together their their crazy notions and. You know, they're not going to have, well, let's put this through the House as long as they, you know, they promise border security down the road. So I guess, I don't know. Oh, Biden recently promised to build 11 miles of new border wall. I don't know where that came from. That might have been an appeasement factor that came from his negotiation with McCarthy. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's a lot of discussion as to why, why did, why did O Biden say, "Well, we're going to go back to building a wall and, and then only look at eleven miles of wall when when Trump built like eight hundred miles of wall?" Okay, I think that's interesting. But there's still a lot of miles of wall left to be built, and of course, and now we've got uh, the the open border and so forth and the cost of all that. But you know, um, you, you wonder what what's going on with that. And I, I just think though that right now Jim George's going to be a good speaker. I think he'll be a guy that, that the Republican Party can. He'll be a good guy. That'll help Trump, and I think, but he'll be a good guy in making sure we get good candidates to run in these seats as well. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the WHO and the WHO, and what's really compelling on this is that they want to uh, basically take over healthcare around the world. Okay, now they've got these these charters, if you will, that these countries are all wanting to get into, allowing the allowing the WHO to determine, you know, what illnesses require what treatments. And they're going to be the ones who determine it. Now, where's all this coming from? Where is all this setting up at? And why are they doing this? You know, we just went through this with COVID. I mean, you go to your doctor. I mean, you know, you go to your doctor at last, you know, during the COVID years and you tell your doctor you had COVID. And you ask your doctor, do I need a vaccination after I've had it? The doctor says, no, you don't. After you've had COVID, you don't need a vaccination from it. So then, you know, you ask the doctor, okay, so... What do you recommend? I recommend you just stay healthy and, and you know, do this, do that, and do this. Well, then all of a sudden you had government leaders threatening people with their jobs for not getting vaccinated, even though their doctors said they don't need it. So why is the government trying to get in the middle of the patient and their doctor? Well, that's what happened during the COVID years. We've all watched that happen. We watched the medical for medical field be threatened with losing their licenses and their rights to practice if they didn't adhere to the rules and regulations coming down from government. What we're watching right now in the, on the world stage is the World Health Organization wanting to be that force. Why are they wanting this? Why, why is the world and all these people, and who is it that's driving the WHO and trying to drive through that policy, if you will, to take over your decision-making process, your informed consent? They want to destroy and get rid of your informed consent and force you into treatments that you don't want to do, you know, and, and why is that? Well, I mean, 
there's profit in it, I guess, with pharmaceutical companies. We know Pfizer is one pharmaceutical company who made $40 billion with a BE in one quarter back in 2022. We know that. We also know that there's a lot of money in, these, in, in, in the creation of new drugs and new vaccinations and whatnot and all these treatments. There isn't any money in creating vitamin D3 and zinc, okay? I mean, there's, there's no money really in that. Now, right now, you've got doctors prescribing D3 and zinc to treat COVID in their patients. We know that's happening, okay? And it's very, very successful, okay, that they're, that they're using these treatments right now for COVID. We see the success in it. So why is it that the government and the World Health Organization want to change the rules of the doctors to make it so that they can't prescribe what they think will work, but instead prescribe what they're being told to prescribe? You know, it's funny. I was in a, uh, you know, I was talk- I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was he was basically getting, um, he, he was in a discussion with his doctor about treatment for something, and, and his doctor recommended a certain drug for it, and said, but well, that might be hard on your kidneys. And the the my friend said to the to the doctor, well, why aren't you prescribing like nutritional supplements instead, like D three? And you know the the doctor made a comment. Well, you know, I guess we would we would love to prescribe nutritional supplements so people can stick to them. Well, I think what's really what's really compelling is they're prescribing what the hospital told them to prescribe in the event they had certain illnesses that they could push this onto. In other words, they're pushing certain treatments out the door for certain ailments. This is already a part of the profiteering process in a hospital, okay? Um, So the World Health Organization is looking to do this on a larger scale, and they're going to basically strip informed consent rights from every citizen on planet Earth. That's their goal. And right now we have a we have a very weak commander-in-chief who is looking to give away our sovereignty as a nation as well as give away the security we have as patients, if you will, of it, uh, and, and the confidence of informed consent. This is what we understand is happening right now. Now, folks, this is what's irritating a lot of people, including myself, and it's bemusing because we're wondering why in the world is the WHO interested in inserting itself between me and my doctor? These are things I don't understand. These are things that many Americans don't understand. But it's happening, okay? It's happening. And, uh, you know, we've got nutritionists online that are being, you know, basically shadow banned on YouTube because they don't advocate for the for the general consensus, if you will, of the of the WHO. They're advocating for treatments, nutritional supplement treatments, instead of instead of, you know, medical treatments they're 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 advocating for. So this is what's happening right now in the world and, and this is what's happening right now on social media. Why is that happening? Because again, it's all about the profit. Why are they not you know, why is it that these people want to stop, okay, uh, silence people from, from offering these supplements? Because it's important to them. They have their, uh, they have their, um, they have their profit to make on it. I just think it's very compelling. I wanted to get a little bit into what's going on with, uh, there was a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Let me go through my stuff here because I just want to see what's up here. Um, you've got, um, we have, and again, I, it was something I wanted to talk about with, with Biden making the world dangerous again. And I, somebody made a comment on that. The world is a dangerous place with Biden. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's trying to make the world dangerous again. And again, and again, he's destroyed. If you look at what's going on right now and how what incompetency looks like and mediocrity looks like, and I want to share some of this discussion with, with, with you folks today as I as I pontificate on these facts. And and in my opinions, a lot of this is my opinion based on my own observation. But Biden has destroyed so much more of our country's economy and border security and just 
just, you know, three years in office. And he has, he's also compromised our own national security, placing the world in, in grave peril. And we're watching this right now. And you know, Biden, you know, and right now we're, we're watching, uh, you know, the world is, is so much closer to World War III than we've ever seen with, with Biden as president. And the world's become a much, much more dangerous place. You know, while China escalates their, their, their military threats against Taiwan, Russia continues with this invasion of Ukraine, which may continue for years, okay? The latest war that was just launched by the Palestinian terrorist organization into into southern Israel that we just discussed in the first 30 minutes of our show, okay, as another example of it, okay, that you've got, you know, thousands of people dying and scores more being, you know, being uh, captured and held hostage and injured and thousands more, you know, they're being, Israel's being attacked by land, sea, and air with armed terrorists using paragliders to cross into the country. And according to, to the Israeli defense officials, again, getting back to that, at least 2,500 rockets were fired by Hamas, according to Netanyahu in Israel, again, being at war for the first time since 1973. You know, it's, it's just an amazing thing. I mean, this, is, this all just happened one month after Biden released five Iranian prisoners in exchange for five American prisoners. And the deal also included the release of $6 billion in previously frozen funds to the Iranian regime. So while the money is supposed to be reserved for humanitarian purposes, it's, it's ludicrous for us to believe that the Iranians will follow this these limitations. In fact, the Iranian president, uh, Rossi, uh, told NBC News that the funds will be used wherever we need it, and the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide what to do with this money. So that, that's what he says. They got the terrorists are telling Biden, we're going to spend this money any way we want. We're not listening to you. So the $6 billion transfer can be limited to humanitarian purposes. It will allow the regime to, to dedicate other resources to terrorism. Iran has always been the largest benefactor for Moss, contributing 70% of the terrorist group's overall financing. People don't know that. They're not getting that on the, on the, on the, on the regular news. Who's funding? Who's contributing? Who's funding Hamas? It's Iran. And according to the Wall Street Journal, the attack on Israel was coordinated with this, with the, with the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, who gave final approval for the assault at a meeting in Beirut last Monday. Israel was invaded by Hamas only due to the planning and financial support provided by Iran. These are things that I think we need to be talking about. And I can tell you, folks, we all know on this show that during the Trump administration, Iran was under constant pressure. We know that, okay? Our country withdrew from the, from, the, from, the, from the absurd nuclear deal known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action from Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden. Like, I mean, we, we, we withdrew from that, and, and, placed, and we placed significant sanctions on Iran's oil exports, limiting the funds that could be used for terrorism. So Trump understood what he had to do to Iran to keep them weak so they couldn't do what they just did. So for the last three years, Iran's had a, a person in Washington who, who is looking to make the world not safe again. Okay, this is what's all about. And, you know, he, I don't know why they're, they're appeasing Iran. I don't know where all this is coming from. But I thought what was interesting is when Trump was president, he ordered the military to strike, you know, uh, Qasem Soleimani, and he was the leader of Iran's powerful Quds force of the Islamic Revolutionary Guards. I mean, Trump had him wiped out. You know, the New York Times describes Soleimani as the architect of nearly every significant operation by Iranian intelligence and military forces over the past 20 years. And his death was considered a staggering blow to the Iranian regime. 
unfortunately, this pressure was not continued by O'Biden, okay? So Biden gets in the, immediately after he becomes president, talks resumed with Iran about rejoining the nuclear deal. This is what happened. They were like, okay, well, we got him in again. That's great. So in addition, okay, uh, the Biden administration officials admitted that, there were, that the enforcement of sanctions on Iranian oil sales were relaxed. This resulted in a significant increase in oil sales and additional revenue for Iran from as much as $29.5 billion. You know, thanks to Biden, Iran was flush with cash, and the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism undoubtedly used this windfall to continue pursuing nuclear weapons development and to sponsor terrorist groups such as Hamas. And Biden, with Biden at the helm, we had the war in Ukraine, a war in Israel, and now we have potential war in Taiwan in the upcoming months. You know, from the first day of his administration, I mean, he he wanted to get in a war. I mean, he he did it through through exhibiting weakness. That's what he did because that invites war. That invites the the enemies of your enemies to empowers them and empowers them. Invites them to to step on your step on your toes, step into your space. This is a lesson the world should have learned from the British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain in 1938 when 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 he did his little peace accord. He said there'll be peace in our time. That's what Neville Chamberlain said. Peace in our time, okay? Let's give them Czechoslovakia and a player to be named later, and we will have peace in our time. But folks, we all know, as I talked about, Ronald Reagan said, peace is accomplished through strength. So the world witnesses, witnessed the, the, the philosophical uh, the suicide, if you will, of Neville Chamberlain in 1938 in action during the administration. But, 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 but they've also seen what peace through strength does with Ronald Reagan. You know, Reagan's policies helped bring down the evil empire. I mean, uh, you know, I can remember going to a church service in 1988, and I remember the pastor talking about how for the, for the end times to come, the Berlin Wall needs to fall. We need to have a unified Europe again. I remember him saying that, and I remember sitting in that service going, what is he talking about, the Berlin Wall coming down? That's never going to happen. Couldn't believe he said it. Like, wow, that won't happen in my lifetime. Little did I know in a couple of years that would happen. A year later, that would happen. A short time later, the Berlin Wall came down and boom, it was all at the beginning of it all. You know, Reagan's policies helped bring that evil empire down. The result was 400 million people freed without a shot being fired. That's an amazing thing. So that's what peace through strength does. The Berlin Wall fell with no shots being fired and you know, Trump adopted a similar peace through strength policy through his administration. You don't get peace through weakness, folks. Through weakness, you get people stepping on you. People want to challenge you. People want to to cross you up because they don't they don't they don't see you as a strength in a powerhouse. You know, one thing we can understand in this world, because this is an evil world we live in, as I stated at the beginning of the show. You know, we have a we have a solution for those that that are lost. Okay, and that's Jesus Christ. But many people who are lost are also just evil reprobates. We have nothing more in their heart but hatred. Never are we more like the devil than when we hate people. Never. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Okay. But one thing is for sure, when you're looking at when you're looking at what brings peace and what brings peace and new strength and what it looks like, is that it, it is what we just talked about. You know, when you're when you're demonstrating strength and power, you know, our military strong and second to none, and our economy strong second to none, when that's the fake, when that's the fact of the of the land. Okay, and, and we maintain lines of communication with our adversaries, like conducting summits and whatnot with, with the dictator Kim Jong-un. You know, North Korea's, remember, Trump had North Korea's be, be, belligerent dictator, if you will, his behavior was curtailed because Trump was in there. 
So you can have an effect on these people because you're leading through strength. You know, it's funny, even even people in charge of people know that. You know, when you're when you're in a position of responsibility at work and you have people working for you, you understand what that means when people working for you. What does it mean people working for you? Well, discipline breeds morale and, and of course when you're you know, when you're when you're working hard and whatnot and you see this, that's where work gets done. When everybody's slacking off and no one's looking for work to do, that's when work isn't getting done. When you're when you're demonstrating weakness, I mean, tell that we all remember what happened when you're in middle school watching the watching the bullies walk all over people that were weak, and this is what they do. And then you know they, if you will, they take the lunch money. Okay, so you know, oh Biden wants to be the country, if you will. He wants a military second only to a few countries. He wants an economy second only to a few countries. And basically, uh, he's trying to appease the Chinese and Russians to not to not strong arm him and take his lunch money. I mean, this is what Biden's out there doing. There's no strength in these people. None, none at all. Okay. None at all. You know, I remember watching, uh, watching, uh, Reagan when he was meeting with, 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 uh, uh, you know, the Russian leaders. And I remember, um, in Iceland, I remember when he was meeting with them and how he just looked stronger. He looked more viral. He looked, he just looked stronger, more and healthier. He just looked, he, he looked powerful in front of their, in front of Gorbachev, who was the Russian leader at the time. And, and the Russians, uh, you know, obviously the, the Russians were, were defeated. I mean, shortly thereafter, you know, but, but Trump met with Putin and, and it was believed that important to have good relations with that country that possessed the most nuclear weapons in the world. Trump always believed that. You know, prior to Trump's term in office, Russia invaded Crimea, and after Trump left office, Russia invaded the Ukraine. So go figure. In the last 10 years, okay, I mean, Russia invaded Crimea and he invaded Ukraine, all with uh, Biden and Obama as president. When Trump was there, he didn't invade anybody. Think about that, folks. Think about that. You know, China wasn't terrorizing Taiwan then either. You know, in fact, you know, uh, Trump imposed significant sanctions on China and began the process of returning manufacturing jobs to this country. And he was the first president in modern history to take a firm stance towards the Chinese communists. You know, in the Middle East, Trump accomplished a miracle called the Abraham Accords, which involved a series of treaties establishing diplomatic relations between Israel and, you know, Morocco, Bahrain, and Arab Emirates, and Sudan. This should have resulted in Trump winning the Nobel Peace Prize, but no, it didn't. Uh, he was overlooked by the by the same organization that bestowed the award to Barack Hussein Obama for doing nothing. Okay, there was peace throughout the world while Trump was president because dictators and terrorists respect strength. Enemies of peace, they're reluctant folks to advance their acts of violence while a strong American president is in power. Sadly, all that's changed with the feeble, ill-minded, and feeble-bodied Joe Biden as president. And today, the United States has an open border. Well, depleted military, which is running low on ammunition, according to Joe Biden himself. We're running out of ammunition and basic equipment, and it's, it's unable to meet recruitment goals. I mean, this is what's happening right now in the military. They can't meet recruitment goals because they have an incompetent commander-in-chief leading the United States. So war is raging right now in Israel for the first time in 50 years. War is raging in Europe right now in the Ukraine. The threat of war is, is, is over there in Taiwan, Okay. We have an open border and we're under assault at the U.S. border at the south end and our southern border. The United States is, is under assault there. The world is spiraling out of control. That's what's happening, folks. It's spiraling out of control. And this is the leftist, the communist leftist America that these, these Democrats want to give us. 
You know, if you want to know what the Democrats have in store for America, look no further than that. You don't have to do anything more than just listen to what they're telling you. They're going to tell you full well what they're looking to do. You know, it. we have to realize what they're, what they have in store for this country is to take this country down. You're looking at Rashida Tlaib when she was running from the reporters. I thought that was so, so strange. You know, I think that's really compelling. You know, I mean, you're watching right now, you're, you're watching that, uh, you're just watching what's going on right now around the world, and it's just it's breathtaking to see this. And then you've got the weaknesses right now in Washington. That's breathtaking as well. Breathtaking as well. The murder's taking place over there. But folks, I mean, let's just look at understand, okay, that the light is at the end of the tunnel. It really is. I thought it was what was because I think Trump's on this way, and I think that there's something to be said of that. You know, what's interesting is that uh, Kissinger made a comment the other day that Europe let too many foreigners in. And he says that uh, in, in, in wake of, of this terrorist activity across the continent, he says, I mean, you know, he's, he's basically talking about how, how there's subject now to internal pressure by groups of people of totally different culture and religion because of the grave mistake of admitting too many foreigners. That's what Henry Kissinger said. So now he tells us it's about time he makes a statement. I think that's interesting, you know. So Kissinger made some comments, I guess, to Politico in the wake of this, of this terrorist attack on Israel. And uh, he's a longtime kingpin of the globalist movement. And Kissinger walked back on his previous position on the importance of keeping Western nations open to refugee flows. And said the events of recent days showed nations had gone too far. He told the publication Politico that observing celebrations in German cities in support of Hamas is painful to watch. Painful to watch. It was a grave mistake to let so many people of totally different culture and religion and concepts and because it creates a pressure group inside each country that, that, that it does, and it does that. That's maybe what they're trying to do here. You know, Europe should give unconditional political support for Israeli action. That's what they should do. But now the terrorist attack has happened, and uh, it, you know, and not, and not least because of, of, of the European states having a vested interest in making sure no precedent is set for raids and mass taking of hostages from Western nations. Israel's got a vindicated sovereignty in the area, and that can't happen. It, it can't permit Gaza to return to, the, to a state where it could emerge and take thousands or large numbers of, of hostages and kill thousands and leave that and, and, and then live in that condition side by side with Israel. You know, hostage taking raids on in, you know on Europe may be far fetched, but they're not without example or or say or ample. They're not without precedent. Okay, I mean it's it, it's happened before. Okay, it's happened before. You know, it was a grave mistake. Kissinger said, "I, I got to tell you, I agree with him. I think it's a grave mistake." And because you know that's why countries have immigration laws. That's why it's important that immigration laws are set are satisfied. You know, the laws of the land are generally speaking, I mean, unless, you, unless you're seeking political asylum, okay, you can, you, know, you have to get in line to get into these countries. If you have something to offer, that moves you up in the line. For instance, you have a trade skill or, or some sort of a skill set, if you will, or you're educated or you've got, you know, large bank accounts, you can come into this country and set up jobs and set up shop and set up jobs. These are things that make you more valuable. The people that can't, the people that come in here, they don't have anything to offer. Those are the ones that have to, those are the ones that are coming over now that, and the reason that they say that is because you don't need people coming into your country that are going to need the safety net, the social safety nets. The safety nets are there for the American citizens or the, or the citizens of that nation. The, the safety nets aren't there for, you know, for immigrants coming in illegally to try to try to get into the safety net. So as a nation, okay, you have to secure your borders. And as I've heard it said before, you're not a nation unless you've got secure borders. You're just not. And, uh, 
it's interesting. I wanted to talk a little bit because because you know you're seeing people right now observing this. And they're they're seeing a, a correlation with what's happening. Okay, you're seeing what's happening right now in the Middle East and in these hostages. They're going door to door. They're breaking into homes, folks. They're breaking into homes. This is what they're doing: threatening people, killing people, keeping them hostage, terrorizing. This is what's happening right now around the world. And we as a nation need to say enough's enough. So you know we we've got to understand. The, what fundamental law of morality is and that evil's got to be punished and goodness has got to be rewarded. And that's just what we're up against. We have to understand that, you know, and, and that God can forgive sins that we're all needing salvation, but a reprobate society turning unto itself does not see evil as evil. And that's what we see right now. We see people that are missing, that are missing that very objective point that this attack on Israel, these attackers, these killers, these murderers, of vile, evil people that are committing ghastly acts. And for them to not be able to see it as such, folks, that's very concerning to all of us to see. Well, folks, we have to leave it there. Thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today and spending time with us on Saturday morning and every Saturday morning right here on AM Radio 11 AWFYL. See you next week on The Point and see you later today on our show, The Watch. we got a good 30-minute show lined up, so spend time with us then as well. See you next week, folks. On the point, I'm Clay Breeze. Goodbye for now.